Well, thank you, Mike and Debbie. Thank you, Joey and Jason, for bringing the meditations. Thank you for all the mothers that are here today. Thank you for those of you that are here visiting with us. We're so glad to have you here. If you're following along in your bulletin, you may realize that I'm not Michelle Hickerson, and I will not be singing this morning, uh, which is a blessing, let me tell you. I enjoy singing, but it's more of that joyful noise kind of thing, and uh, you can ask some of the teenagers up in uh, when we do worship upstairs and the youth on Sunday nights. I'm better off not in front of a microphone when I'm going to sing, so that will not be happening today. But what uh, I do want to do is I want to talk to you today, this Mother's Day, about the need for God to lead in our lives. We're going to begin a new series over the next several weeks, and we're calling it Let God Lead, because honestly, every aspect of our life, we need God's guidance. I appreciate what Jason said, that scripture that he read, saying that there's nothing that we can do apart from Jesus. And you know what? Our church is entering into a new season. We are transitioning. We are looking to what the future holds for us now. And what better time should we refocus on letting God lead our lives? And so we're going to talk about that over the next few weeks. We're going to talk about why God wants to lead our lives. We're going to talk about what happens when we let other things lead our lives, when we lead ourselves. And we're going to talk about how every single one of us, whether we realize it or not, follows something. So that's a little teaser for the next few weeks. But today is a way of kind of an introduction. I wanted to talk about some of the foundational things that that my mom taught me. What my mama taught me is what I'm calling this. See, my mom, I was blessed to have a, a Christian lady as a mother who, who tried to instill that faith in me. And so you think about the different things that our, our moms teach us. Have you ever seen that commercial? It's on TV. It's one of those insurance company commercials where the guy gradually becomes more and more like his mom as the commercial goes on. First, it's her glasses. Then it's her sweater. Then, then she, he spit clean in his wife's face. Then he's saying, did you throw this out? And, you know, just like a mom would. And it shows at the end him standing next to his mom. And they look almost identical. And the tagline for the insurance company says, we can't protect you from turning into your mother, but we can protect your home and auto. And I thought so many of us can look back and we can see the influence that our moms have had on our lives. I found this online. It's, it's uh, called Things My Mother Taught Me. And this isn't all of them, it's just an excerpt. There's about 25 of them, but I'll read about a dozen of them to you this morning. It said, my mother taught me to appreciate a job well done. She said, if you're going to kill each other, go outside. I just finished cleaning. My mother taught me about religion. If you don't straighten up, she said, you better pray that, you better pray that'll come out of the carpet. My mother taught me about time travel. If you don't straighten up, I'm going to knock you to the middle of next week. My mother taught me about logic because I said so. That's why. My mother taught me about irony. Just keep on crying and I'll give you something to cry about. My mother taught me about the weather. This room looks like a tornado ran through it. 
My mother taught me about the circle of life. I brought you into this world, and I can take you out of this world. My mother taught me about behavior modification. Stop acting like your father. My mother taught me about anticipation. Just wait till we get home. My mother taught me about receiving. You're going to get it when we get home. My mother taught me about wisdom. When you get to be my age, you'll understand. And probably the best one. My mother taught me about justice. One day you'll have kids, and I hope they turn out just like you. Our moms have taught us a lot of things over the years. And it's so funny to see as we become parents or as we become adults, the, the impact that our mother's had on us. I know my mom taught me lots of things. One of my favorite things that she taught me, she taught me how to make no-bake cookies. That was my mom's specialty. Every Christmas, every Thanksgiving, every family get-together, she would make her peanut butter chocolate no-bake cookies. And she did about three times as much peanut butter in it, and I love that. I still can't make it as good as her, though. She taught me about always being prepared. It's, it's funny, because you can ask my wife and kids, I am the biggest packer whenever we're going on a trip. I get the biggest suitcase, I cram everything in there, I've got an extra set of clothes, I've got extra shoes, I've got extra everything, because I'm trying to anticipate what we might possibly face. You say, well, that's typically not the way the guy is, but I blame my mom. She was always prepared. She always had a bag of anything, of snacks, of sunscreen, anything you might possibly need. She was always prepared. But most importantly, the thing that my mom taught me is she taught me faith in Jesus Christ. And I had that foundation laid for me that, that led me to follow Jesus. And so as we look at how we all need to let God lead, I just want to talk about this morning three foundational principles that my mom taught me. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we do thank you for today, and we thank you for the mothers that are in our lives and the grandmothers, and we thank you for the impact that they have. And God, I pray that as we look at your word and we study these principles, that it would be foundational to all of us, that we would follow you according to your will for our lives. And God, I just go ahead and pray, if there's anyone here today that doesn't know you, that they would be moved by your spirit today to follow you for the first time. In Jesus' name, amen. First thing we're going to look at is from my favorite verse in the scripture. It is my life verse, and it comes in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. And I would like for all of us to read this together. Hopefully you can see it okay there on the screen. Let's read this together because this verse is kind of the underlying principle for the entire series on Let God Lead. So let's begin. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Amen. That verse right there has taught me so much about what it means to follow Jesus. First of all, it talks about trust. What is trust? Trust is more than just simply believing. Trust is putting all your eggs into one basket. It's going all in on God, that he loves you and that he wants to lead you. So this is the principle. You can trust God because he wants to lead you. Trust God because he wants to lead you. It says, do not lean on your own understanding. That is so difficult as we try to figure out life. We try to have things make sense to us. And sometimes we just have to step by faith. 
Trust in the Lord with all your heart, everything about you. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. In all of our ways. That means that every single gift that we have is from the Lord. That means that he is with us every single step of the way. That means that everything should be to bring him glory, honor, and praise. And if we do that, it says he will make your paths straight. God wants to lead you. That should be comforting because you are not just some random number. You are not just a carbon copy. God didn't just put a bunch of men and a bunch of women into one place. He knows you specifically and he has a plan for your life and he wants to lead you so you can trust him because he loves you. The second thing that I want us to look at this morning begins in Mark chapter 6. Verses 12 and 13. To give you a little bit of background here, Jesus has prepared his disciples to go out two by two into the villages and spread the good news and the gospel. And he gives, he's given them power to heal the sick. He's given them power to cast out demons. And so he says in Mark chapter 6, verse 12 and 13, the disciples went out telling everyone that they met to repent of their sins and turn to God. And they cast out many demons and they healed many sick people, anointing them with olive oil. Jesus sends them out to do a mission. And so the second principle, it's got two parts to it. Part one is this. You need to take care of people. That's the example. It's the mission. It's the ministry that we are given. If we are following Jesus, we have an obligation to take care of others. The disciples went out and they preached the good news. Everybody needs to hear that God loves them, that he created them, that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for them, that their sins are separating them from God and they need to be forgiven. And that they can receive that forgiveness and that new life through Jesus. Everyone needs to hear that message. So we need to be sharing the good news. But also it says that they healed the sick, they cast out the demons, they took care of the needs of others, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual needs. We need to be sensitive to how we can help other people. And so after the disciples go out and they do this awesome ministry, it says in verse 30, the apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and they told him all that they had done and taught. And Jesus said, now pay attention to this part. Let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. Let's go off and rest. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. So they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. See, Jesus commissioned those disciples to go out and minister to the world. But he also gave them another command. You take care of others, take care of people, including yourself. You need to take time to take care of yourself as well. No one can go 100 miles an hour, 365, a day, 365 days a year, 24-7. Sometimes we like to. Sometimes we want to think that we're strong enough and we don't need to take a break and we don't need to rest. But my mom taught me 
that I need to take rest sometimes. But what's funny is, even though she would tell me that, you know, moms, it's one of the hardest things for you all to do. For you all to stop and take care of yourself because a mom takes care of her family. I know my mom, she would be up all night doing laundry if she needed to. She would get up at the crack of dawn to to cook breakfast for the whole family whenever all of us are in town. I know that she finds very little time to rest because she is caring for so many others. I know that's how moms, many of, us, many of you moms operate. It's okay to take a break. It's okay to rest. I sure hope today that families are, are taking care of the mothers in their life. Don't make them cook tonight. Take them out to dinner or you cook for them at home. Do something kind for them. Let them have that time of rest. My wife's already told me, you better sit out some meat if you're cooking tonight. So she already has plans. I don't know exactly what I'm making yet. I'll probably get that instruction when I get home after church today. But it's okay to take a rest because we all get tired. Every one of us needs to take a break. And, you know, when you go through an emotional time, as we've been through with this church for the last several months now, honestly, we need to take some time and do some self-care. We don't forget about reaching out with the gospel, but also realize that maybe we need some healing too. There is no shame in seeking healing. There is no shame in saying, I need help. We all need that sometime. Every single one of us, from one time or another, has things that will drain us. Especially, I think, this time of year. May seems to be one of the busiest months of the year. Does it not? If you've got kids in school... You've got all these tests, you've got things coming up, you've got plans for the summer happening. I know all the teenagers that I have on Wednesday night, they, they're getting exhausted. They're just waiting for the school year to be over. And I know we've got many teachers and, and, and faculty here. They are ready. Can I get an amen, teachers? <laughs> they are ready. So if there is something that is wearing you out, it's okay to get rest. So I'm curious, just with a show of hands, you don't have to say what it is. Is there an aspect of your life right now that's got you tired? Is there something that is wearing on you? Maybe something that is draining your energy or maybe even taking your joy away a little bit. Is there anything in your life right now that just you need some rest from? Anybody? Show of hands. Man, the rest of y'all are doing real good. Now, I want you to keep the hand up. Look around and look at the hands. See the hands that are up? This is what I think church should be like. I think that we should be able to come to church on a Sunday, a Wednesday, any time that we gather together, and be able to be honest and say, you know, things are a little hard right now. I need some help, I need some comfort. I need somebody to relate because everybody that raised their hand just now, we can all relate to that. Needing rest, supporting one another, being there for one another. So as a church family, let's do that. Let's not make this a time where we're just putting on that happy face and acting like everything's okay when we really need help. Let's be honest with one another. Let's carry one another's burdens in Christ Jesus. That is a mandate that we have as the body of Christ. 
We're not meant to be perfect little people. They come in here and act like everything's okay all the time. We are there to be there for one another, to help us in our walk as we follow Jesus. That is not a journey that we go on alone. When we let God lead, it's not an isolated thing. We go as a church family together. And it's my hope and my prayer that as we move into this new season, this is what we will do. That we will seek God together. And if somebody needs to take a break, if they need uh, somebody to lift them up and help carry them, that we will do that as a church family. There are many needs, many hurts, many who need that support. Let's be sure we're caring for one another, but also not neglecting to love others and include them as well. The final thing that I want to talk about this morning This is a verse that has shaped what I believe about ministry itself. And it's Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It says, We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are God's workmanship. That word means masterpiece, a work of art. Think about that. You ever been to one of those painting classes where you get to kind of copy what the instructor shows you, but it never ends up looking the same, right? And you paint that, and it's kind of got your own flair to it, but at the end of your painting class, what you always do, even if, you know, mine aren't always the best works of art, no, by no means a masterpiece, what do you do? You sign your name at the bottom of it, or you put your initials. God put his name on you when he created you he didn't have a machine that just produced a whole bunch of carbon copies he created you as a unique individual and his name that he wrote on you is the spirit of life that he breathed into you you are his he created you and he loves you and he's got a purpose for you it says you're created in christ jesus that means that every single person here is meant to be saved by Jesus Christ. You are meant to have a relationship with him that will bring you everlasting life, forgiveness of sins, hope for this world, and hope for the eternity. That is the the goal for every single one of us. And so if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, God has created you to do that. You're going against your design. And it says that we are created for good works that God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That means that you have a purpose. You are a blessing and you have a purpose. God has you here for a reason. He's not done with you. You might say, well, there's just so much stuff in my life that I've got to get over. God wants to lead you through it. You say, well, I'm not good enough. I'm not ready. I need to, I need to change some things first. Let God lead. Are you letting your pride lead? Are you letting your sin lead? Are you letting your fear lead? Let God lead. He wants to direct your path because he loves you. So, as we close, I just wonder, all of us are on a path to somewhere. Where is your path leading? Because if your path is leading you anywhere else but 
to Jesus, it's leading you in the wrong direction. Every other road leads to death. But the road to Christ leads to life, and it is a narrow path. And we need to be following it. So where are you leading right now? One other story I remember about my mom that I kind of laugh about now. It probably wasn't so funny back then, but uh, my mom did a lot of teaching me to drive. And uh, I remember... The first time that I was getting ready to drive out of state. Some of you all know I grew up in Louisville, so right there on the river. And my best friend had moved about 40 minutes away into Indiana. And, you know, when I got my driver's license, I was looking forward to the time where I could drive to his house and we could hang out and I wouldn't have to wait for my mom to drop me off and pick me up. I was, I was excited. My mom, not so much. She didn't want me to take that drive because that drive not only meant getting on the interstate, it also meant crossing a bridge and going to a different state. She was a little nervous about that, and I gave her good reason to because the first time I got into our van, I almost hit our house. You know, that that, that accelerator pedal, it kind of sticks sometimes, and I got a little stuck on me. While I had my driver's permit, I got my first accident, pulled out in front of somebody on a main highway and sent them into a ditch. My mom was in the car with me, passenger seat while I did all that. And now, probably less than a year later, I'm wanting to drive 40 minutes away to my best friend's house. So what she did, she drove me several times. Made sure I was paying attention. This is your exit. You do this. You stay in the slow lane. You do you know, drive the speed limit. Watch out for this. Watch out for that. Yes, mom. Yes, mom. Okay. Okay. So she drove me there a few times. After that kind of calmed her down a little bit, she said, okay, you drive. I'm going with you. So she would ride with me. She would make sure I'm making all the right turns. If I got a little too fast, she'd get after me, you know, made sure I was safe. She'd get there, and then she'd take the car, and she'd leave, and she'd have to come pick me back up afterwards. After a little while, it got to the point where she felt comfortable enough to let me go. But I remember she printed out maps from the Internet, full color, all the, you know, all the maps she could get. She hand-wrote every step of the directions, which I guess if I'm driving by myself and I'm reading all these directions, it might not have been the safest thing, but she wanted to make sure that I had those directions. And she made sure that I had everything I needed. And then when I got there, you better believe she made sure I called as soon as I arrived. But I think about that, and I think about the care she took and making sure that I was on the right path and heading to the right direction and doing it in a safe way. Then my mom, even today, whenever we go visit up in Louisville, she will... Make me call as soon as we get back home to make sure everything's okay. And I appreciate that. I appreciate moms that instill that kind of love into their kids' lives. I appreciate the example that she set for me to follow the right path and head to the right destination. So I ask you again this morning, what path are you on? Is it the path of sin? The path of selfishness, of pride, 
Is the path of fear, of hurt, of anger? Or is it the path that leads to life? We're going to go on this journey together over the next few weeks and see why exactly God wants to lead us. But I promise you that what God has in store for you is much better than anything we could plan for ourselves. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for today, and we thank you for the example of our mothers. We thank you for what they've instilled in us, especially, Lord, those of us who have been so blessed and fortunate to have godly mothers that that put that faith in our hearts, that instilled that in us. So, God, I pray that each one of us would follow your lead, that we would seek you and your direction for our lives, and that, God, if anyone here today is on that wrong path, that you would guide them to the right way. Thank you so much, Lord, for your love through Jesus Christ, who gives us all things. We pray in his name. Amen.